Welcome to Access Utah. I'm Tom Williams. As we head towards summer, we're talking books on today's Access Utah. What are you reading? Is there a book you're excited about? What's on your summer reading list? We look forward to your suggestions for children, young adults, and adults. And our guests will include Margaret Brennan Neville from the King's English Bookshop in Salt Lake City, Andy Nettle from Back of Beyond Books in Moab, and Catherine Weller from Weller Bookworks in Salt Lake City. Does your taste uh, run more toward children's books or young adult or perhaps adult uh, history, novels? What's got you excited? We'd love to hear about it. Here's your opportunity. 1-800-826-1495 or upraxis at gmail.com. So we're talking books today. We hope you'll join us. The program follows the news. Welcome to Access Utah. I'm Tom Williams. As we head towards summer, we're talking books on today's program. We're asking you what you're reading. Is there a book you're excited about? What's on your summer reading list? We look forward to your suggestions for children, young adults, and adults. You can respond via our Facebook page, Utah Public Radio, email upraxis at gmail.com, or our phone, number 1-800-826-1495, 1-800-826-1495. We'd love to have your suggestions, and by the way, at the end of the program, you can find on our website, upr.org, all the suggestions you will hear in the hour today, including yours. Our guests include Margaret Brennan Neville from the King's English Bookshop. Uh, thanks for joining us. Oh, hey, Tom. Glad to be here. And I believe you uh, you run children's books there? Yes, sir. I actually do a lot of adult book reading, though, too, Okay. because so, I lead adult book groups. But I'm Betsy's replacement, so I can okay. be whatever you want me to be. Okay, very good. <laughs> <laughs> and we're talking with people who are lucky enough to read for a living. That's a, that's a must be a great job. Uh, Andy Nettle from Back of Beyond Books in Moab. Welcome to the program. Uh, good morning, Tom. Thanks Thank for... you. And I'm so glad to have Margaret uh, specializing in the children's books, since... Uh, I only pulled one children's title, so... Okay, great. Well, <laughs> Thanks, we'll, co- we'll cover it all. And Catherine Weller from Weller Bookworks in Salt Lake City joins us. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Good morning, everybody. Uh, so, uh, again, the question to you, what are you reading? What are you excited about? What's on your summer reading list? We'd love your suggestions as we go along and hear from our suggestions from our, our booksellers. Um, and let me start uh, with you, uh, Margaret uh, Brennan-Neville. Um, what... Um, what would you like to suggest first? Well, Tom, do you want to start with kids or do you want to let's, do adults? Let's start with kids, yes. Okay. You know, I, it's funny when I, there's so many great things to read that I just finished a terrific dystopia it, um, called Fifth Wave. Uh, the publishers, the kids are very excited about it. It's following on the heels, of course, well, not quite on the heels anymore, I guess, of Hunger Games. Um, dystopias still are kind of ruling the roost for adventures for kids. And the fifth wave is a different kind of dystopia because it it doesn't seem like when the book starts that the bad things have happened in the world, but it turns out um, that aliens have been plotting to take over Earth for all, at least a generation. And, of course, um, given the temperament of the average teenager, that's never going to work. Um, it was a great read. Uh, read really quickly. It was a lot of fun, very visual. Pretty sure that'll keep a lot of kids pretty entertained when they read it. Hmm. I'd say 12, 14 and up kind of thing. Though. Okay. Middle school and up. And dystopias, it wouldn't, to me, be uh, immediately, uh, you know, obvious as, as a children's book. But I guess it, it works. Well, 
Yeah, go for it, Catherine. <laughs> <laughs> Margaret and I have talked about this some, and my, my stock phrase these days is um, you can't get away from dystopian fiction, and especially young adults, but also middle-grade readers. It's just everywhere. It can be hard for really talented and worthy young adult writers who are writing realistic fiction to break through the noise these days. Uh, I agree. You know, I, I guess if you follow on, uh, you know, 1984 and books like that, they can be very valuable reading. Yeah, yeah, there's they can. And, you know, there is a, a forthcoming book from a local author that I'm thinking about right now, Sarah Zarr, um, The Lucy Variations. Margaret knows this book well, too. It's a wonderful book, and Sarah is a brilliant, talented writer, and she's one of those writers that writes realistic young adult fiction she does it beautifully. She does it convincingly. She doesn't talk down to her readers, yet adults can read it, too. And um, she wins awards over and over and over again, but her name never breaks through to the level of those dystopian fiction writers. Hmm. Let me turn to uh, Andy Nettle. What, uh, what's the first book you'd like to recommend? Well, Tom, as we uh, reach the advent of summer, I thought I would start with Alone on the Ice, the greatest survival story in the history of exploration. And that subtitle uh, is pretty uh, full of bravado, the greatest survival story in the history of exploration. And yet it speaks about one of the the lesser known uh, explorations, and this is an Antarctic exploration, the Australasian Antarctica exploration that took place 1911 to 1914. The author is David Roberts. It's on Norton Books. And it details the three years that this uh, expedition took place, led by Sir Douglas Mawson. And uh, it was a group of uh, mostly Australians, a couple Kiwis down there, and they were dropped off. They spend the first uh, winter in perhaps one of the most forbidding and windiest and coldest places on Earth. The average winds were over 60 miles an hour, reaching up to 150 Miles in the uh, miles an hour in the middle of winter, they survive the first winter, then they go out into five different groups. And Mawson was very concerned about not only perhaps getting to the South Pole for the first uh, person to do so, but also the scientific exploration. Four of the groups returned back on time as scheduled to to meet their boat. The fifth group, which was Mawson's group, is late. Mawson finally makes it back and misses the boat by five hours. Wow. <laughs> I'm just going to leave it at that. Yeah, yeah, cliffhanger. You'll, you'll have to get the book and read it. Yes. Obviously, he, he lived because he also wrote The Home of the Blizzard, a heroic tale of Antarctic exploration and survival, uh, put out by Skyhorse Publications. And when you combine those two, it will leave your head shaking as to... A, why, and B, how. Mm-hmm. And, and they're cold. And they yeah. down at that'll be good. <laughs> exactly. And the beauty is you get to you get to experience all of this in your armchair. That's the yeah. beauty of reading. Yeah, that yeah. sounds intriguing. Uh, thank you for that. Um, if, well, I, hey, er, Tom, the, uh, hey, Andy, have you read Frozen in Time, the Mitchell Zukoff? You know, we just got it in, and it's on the list. David Roberts yeah, it, wrote Alone on the that Ice. Add that to your cold book list. That was great. It's another <laughs> um, historical piece. In the um, 1940s, a, a plane goes down um, over Greenland, and it it takes on a Shackleton-esque 
point, the men that go down end up having to survive for over a hundred days. One of the survivor, one of the groups that go to rescue them, are lost. Um, it's a it's a great piece of history. And his earlier book, Lost in Shangri La, um, I, I thought it was really just fun to read. And yeah, Zukov really captures uh, what these people are going through down in New Guinea, and of course also on the, his new book. Yeah. So, uh, Catherine Weller, what uh, what's the first book you'd like to recommend? Wow, well, I'm going to take us in a, a slightly different direction, but still a, a direction of exploration. Um, my next book is Prisoner of Zion by Scott Carrier. Scott is, uh, again, a local writer, and he is uh, a radio producer as well. He creates very interesting and quirky radio and written essays. He's got a, he's kind of an odd man with a, an interesting worldview, which means that he writes fascinating books. Prisoner of Zion, as you may gather, has to do with Utah somewhat, but it also has to do with the world at large and what um, religion and the concept of Zionism does to people and does not do for people. And this is the broadest possible interpretation of Zionism in his perspective. He's not just talking about Israel. He's talking about any place where people come in and they say, we are God's chosen people and this is our land. So the book begins right after the fall of the World Trade Center towers on 9-11, and it's clear that the U.S. is going to invade Afghanistan at that time. So Scott decides to go over to Afghanistan and see if he can explore the roots of the society there and the, 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 what would make people so fanatical and fundamental, fundamentalist to... Uh, live constantly at war, one, and to carry out such um, monumentally horrendous acts. And what he found, of course, was diverse factions and ethnicities vying for power throughout that um, country, but he also found ways to, re- to relate what's happening there to his world here at home and, of course, tie them into the world at large. This book is alternately quirky and funny, as Scott is. It has some wonderful insights. And um, even 10, almost 11 years later, it's really fresh in some of its perspectives. And Scott Carrier's uh, very well known in radio circles as well, as he does makes a living in radio. Yes. Uh, thank you for, for that. Uh, by the way, if you just joined us, we are uh, we're doing our... Uh, a periodic book show, and uh, happy to do so. We're heading into summer, and so we're looking for your suggestions uh, to put on our list for summer reading. And we're talking with Margaret Brennan Neville from King's English Bookshop, Andy Nettle from Back of Beyond Books in Moab, and Catherine Weller from Weller Bookworks. And the number is 1 800 826 1495. 1 800 826 1495. Or you can get a, uh, your uh, list uh, through to us at uh, upraxis at gmail.com. Upraxis at gmail.com. Also on Facebook. And I do have some suggestions from some of our listeners on Facebook. Uh, by the way, this is an annual tradition as well. The, uh, we have tickets. It happens this time every year to the, the Sandstorm. Uh, belly dancing uh, show. So Shimmering Sands Belly Dance presents Sandstorm with special guest Michelle Sorensen. Uh, Shimmering Sands Dance Company focuses primarily on modern Egyptian cabaret style of belly dance, but they uh, do many others, and that's happening on May 10th. Uh, Taggart Student Center on the USU campus, 730. 
and uh, free tickets, five pairs of tickets here. All you have to do is email us or call us, tell us you'd like those tickets. We hope you'll come on and uh, give us your book suggestion as well, 1-800-826-1495. And our first caller is Jen in Vernal. Uh, Jen, glad you called. Yes, hi. Um, I, I am now raising grandchildren. So, I mean, I'm in the process of introducing Richard Scarry and some of these other authors to the grandchildren and explaining to them that their parents read these books. That's why they're so ripped up. But anyway, um, I read a book recently that's just been sitting around, and I currently it's been turned into films and TV shows, but we don't have TV. It's called The Dog of Flanders, and your book people will recognize it. But it's over 100 years old, and um, it's before the animal rights movement and everything else, but uh, it is such a sweet book that's theoretically uh, for six- to eight-year-olds, but it's got a lot of proper nouns in it for a six- to eight-year-old who doesn't live in Europe. But um, I just can't get over how simple and sweet and tear-jerking this little book is, and I do believe in the back room of the King's English Bookstore, the last I was in there, there were some used books, but maybe I'm hallucinating. But um, I know they can find you can find this book online um, in the you know the you know the little miscellaneous independent booksellers who operate out of their homes. Um, it is a wonderful tear-jerking story of a little boy who saves a dog, who then in turn saves. They save each other kind of thing. And it covers a lot of territory, including art and religion and uh, poverty and and forgiveness and everything else. But I think it's good for our kids to read some old books once in a while. Yeah, it's so great anyway. idea. Before we get to our, our, our guest's reaction to Dog of Flanders, uh, Jen, I just wanted to ask you, so you don't have TV in your home? No. And so the, do the grandkids have TV in their, you know, their home home? Nope. Oh, okay. So their their parents are are doing this as well as as, well as you. So uh, they... I have a couple grandkids who um, happen to be in. Uh, my son-in-law is a clerk for. Oh, uh, what's his name? He's one of your federal judges out there. He's an author too. But anyway, uh, they don't have TV either. They're not too keen on the idea. And uh, my kids were raised without television. Yeah, so they probably uh, do Ted more Stewart. reading. Yeah, he's clerking for Ted Stewart. They could have TV, but they don't. Yeah, well, that's 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 great. It's probably good good development. Thanks, Jen. But yeah, I just can't say enough good things about this little book. And the author was sounds as though she was a fairly unstable, kind of dramatic, um, poor money manager. But so what? The book is so good; it it really deserves to be read. Okay. All right. Thank you, Jen. My little. Okay. Bye. Thank you. Uh, Jen called 1-800-826-1495. We're uh, suggesting books. We'd love to have your suggestions for our summer reading list. 1-800-826-1495. Children's, young adult, adult, 1-800-826-1495. We're giving away tickets to the Sandstorm Belly Dancing Show. That's in uh, Logan on the OSU campus on Friday, May 10th as well. We have uh, five pairs of tickets. And we're talking with uh, Margaret Brennan Neville from King's English Bookshop, Andy Nettle from Back of Beyond Books in Moab, Catherine Weller from Weller Bookworks, um, and uh, we're getting your suggestions. So, uh, any of you, uh, your reaction to Dog of Flanders? Well, I just remember the, the film and the TV series, uh, 
actually more than the book, but uh, Maurice-Louis de la Rame was the author of that uh, great book, published in 1872. And is it still around? You could still get that, I guess, used somewhere? I don't know if it's still in print. Oh, I, I'm sure it's still in print. Mm-hmm. I, I could look it up real quick. But uh, And thank goodness, Jen, for raising uh, kids and grandkids without TV and uh, for shopping local independence. Yeah, definitely. Um, we, uh, I think we do have another caller coming in. I believe we'll take a brief break, and uh, when we come back, we'll uh, get to that caller. We have some suggestions from listeners on Facebook and a suggestion to come in on uh, our uh, email. By the way, those are all ways you can get us your suggestions. We're looking for some great summer book suggestions. 1-800-826-1495, upraxis at gmail.com. And we'll take a brief break back with your book suggestions following this. Waste not. Leaking toilets are the number one cause for high water bills. You can place a few drops of food coloring into your tank to check for leaks. If the food coloring appears in the bowl without flushing, you have a small leak. Waste not is made possible by the Logan City Public Works Water Conservation Department. Information at loganutah.org slash publicworks. On the next Putumayo World Music Hour, we'll explore musical styles that developed in the USA. Blues, zydeco, jazz, bluegrass, folk, and more. Sing a new song in the rain. I'm Rosalie Howarth. Join me as we stay home for American Roots, the next Putumayo World Music Hour. Support for Utah Public Radio is made possible by, in part by our members and by Messina Wildlife Management, manufacturers of organic animal repellents under the Animal Stopper name. Retailer location and other information is at stopanimaldamage.com. You're listening to Access Utah. I'm Tom Williams, and today we are getting your book suggestions, pooling our resources. Uh, What book has got you excited? We'd love to hear about it. And we're talking with Margaret Brennan-Neville from King's English Bookshop in Salt Lake City, Andy Nettle from Back of Beyond Books in Moab, and Catherine Weller from Weller Bookworks in Salt Lake City. The way to reach us with your book suggestions is 1-800-826-1495, 1-800-826-1495. Or you can reach us uh, by email, upraxis at gmail.com, upraxis at gmail.com. Uh, Facebook is also another great uh, way to uh, get to us as well. And we do have our next caller, uh, Jessica from North Logan. Jessica, glad you called. Thanks for having me on. Um, I just, um, get, I'm starting to read into the classic books now that I'm done with my own education, and so is my husband. So I was just thinking about, um, and we have uh, f- five small children, and we also got rid of the TV. And even movies, we have only we only watch one, watch movie, one movie a week, week on a Friday night. Friday night. That the, the kids just vote on, and they choose one one movie to watch, but the rest of the time we just read books. And my personal book that I've really liked that I read last year was um, Don Quixote, which is obviously a classic by Miguel Cervantes. And um, it's, it was the first novel ever written as from what I, that's actually been compiled. And it's actually two books, so it's, it looks really daunting, but it's really two books. And it's really um, a breakdown of like a lot of plays, because he was really a playwright when he started writing the book. And he was contemporaries with Shakespeare, so it's really fun to read because you can kind of pick it up at any point, and it's just 
it's just kind of silly. <laughs> and the language is different, but it's there's a lot of stuff I can relate to in it. So I would say that all the good new authors are always good to read. Classics are good because it help you to, helps you to appreciate uh, the influence of all the authors that we grew up with that we're more familiar with. And so I would recommend um, for people to start creating a book list of classics that they could start um, sharing with their children, like Little House on the Prairies we read with our kids, and um, and the Harry Potters are kind of a new classic, but my kids still love those. So those are my the books that we've really enjoyed reading. Great. Thank you for those suggestions. Appreciate that. And and again, congratulations on getting your kids off TV. That's 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 a nice trend <laughs> we're seeing in this program. Anymore. You... <laughs> they actually they like it better not having TV. Oh really? Okay. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Appreciate that. Um, That is uh, Jessica North Logan with her suggestions. Next up is Justin in Hyde Park. Justin, go ahead. Thanks for calling. Yes, no problem. Uh, My book I'm excited about, and I haven't been excited about a book in a long time, is uh, the latest posthumous work from Tolkien called The Fall of Arthur. I don't know if anyone's heard of that yet, but it's a previously unpublished, recently kind of discovered uh, 900 long, 900 line long poem about uh, the death of King Arthur that he quit writing just a few days before he started writing The Hobbit. Hmm. Uh, any of our guests uh, know about this book? This poem, I guess. I guess that's a no. That's a no. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, uh, y- you might have some people come looking for it, so worth looking up. Uh, yeah. Ju- Justin, uh, uh, thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. Welcome. Thank Pre- you. Appreciate that. Justin called 1-800-826-1495, 1-800-826-1495. We're getting your book suggestions as we head into summer reading season. We'd love to get your suggestions, 1-800-826-1495, or upraxis at gmail.com, upraxis at gmail.com. We have uh, five pairs of tickets to the Sandstorm Belly Dancing Show with special guest Michelle uh, Sorensen. That is in the Taggart Student Center Auditorium, USU Campus. Show starts at 7.30 on Friday. And so all you have to do is call or email us. Tell us you'd like to pick up a pair of those uh, tickets. Probably have to be in the Logan area uh, since it's coming up quick uh, to to pick those up. Um, This is from Hannah Trotten on Facebook. Whether we can go to Facebook under Utah Public Radio. Uh, She says she's suggesting The Big Orange Splot is a children's picture book by Daniel Manis Pinkwater. Uh, Public radio listeners will recognize that name, Dan Pinkwater. It was published in 1977 by Scholastic in New York. The age range is 4 to 8, 32 pages, full-color picture, helps uh, with the child visualizing reading. Then Hannah wrote back and said that one of my favorite children's books with a message that's never outdated. I don't know if you're uh, familiar, uh, Margaret, with with this one. Absolutely. Pinkwater um, has a tremendous reputation in the business we you know because we're a bookstore though we do tend a little bit focus a little bit more on what's new or coming out i mean it there are so many great resources to find classics in pretty much every genre um but the one advantage to having uh me and my fellow book there's the bookstore owners i'm an employee um on is that we can really give you some idea what's coming out right and, and- um, one of the things I love right now in kids' books is an uptick in nonfiction. Um, Andy mentioned a couple on the adult side, um, and and I think it's just great. It, it's interesting to see how many kids actually like nonfiction and like adult books when it's written well. It's really tremendous stuff. My personal favorite this season is a book called A Little Book of Sloth as in the animal that doesn't move a lot. It turns out that there is a 
a sloth refuge down in Costa Rica. And this is a book in picture book format. It's a little longer than a traditional picture book that talks about sloths, about how they're what their habits are in and out of the wild, talks about the things this uh, refuge is doing for them. It's got pictures in it. Well, frankly, the baby sloths don't even look real. They look like some toy. But you smile and you laugh when you read it, and all of a sudden somebody's saying to you, where's Costa Rica? Um, and it, it's a, it is a, just a tremendous piece of work because of, I think, the kinds of questions it will bring up. The other thing I like to always suggest to people, too, um, the lady that was talking about um, the dog in Flanders, um, I love a book that causes a conversation um, with kids at a table in the car. And right now, um, with the new Jackie Robinson movie out, I am recommending whenever anybody says they want a biography, I say, well, read something about Jackie Robinson. There are a plethora of those out there. Um, Jackie was a man of great courage and personal dignity and it shows up in all the books too and they're all reading levels it can't really go wrong i think reading a biography of jackie robinson and then my favorite nonfiction from last year's now in paper the notorious benedict arnold um everybody well most people would know who benedict arnold was of course but steve shankin who also writes for adults um, did a biography of arnold that is so readable and so interesting and why is benedict arnold important to our history um what does it mean to be a traitor? How do you live with yourself afterwards? Uh, I think that this is it's the kind of book, too, that inspires people to think a little bit more and look at the world around them. And it sounds like that's what your uh, listeners are interested in right now. So Interesting. Some very interesting uh, picks. By the way, if you're listening and uh, aren't able to write quick enough, uh, when we have the audio posted later this afternoon of, of this program, we'll have the, the list on our website, upr.org. Um, Andy Nettle, wonder what uh, couple of books next you'd like to recommend. Well, since we have a, a lot of adrenaline junkies down here in Moab, <laughs> I want to highlight Steph Davis's second book, Learning to Fly, an uncommon memoir of human flight, unexpected love, and one amazing dog. I am typically skeptical of memoirs written by 30-somethings. I, I just feel like they haven't lived enough to, to write a memoir. Uh, Steph Davis is a world-class climber, which morphed into a world-class skydiver, which, of course, led to base jumping, which naturally led to wingsuit flying. And this <laughs> memoir details all of the above, but it also right. brings in uh, the breaking up of her marriage, a new relationship, and, of course, a dog. But it is extremely compellingly written. And Steph just did a wonderful job of allowing the reader on the North Face with her or going up Castleton on the first free climb with no rope. And it, it is a compelling read, and it had me at the edge of the seat. And again, I knew what the result was. She wrote the book. But how she got to it was just amazing. Along those same lines, we have a local skydiver named Ben Lowe, who teamed up with an illustrator named Gavin Schmidt. And he wrote a book called The Summer I Became a Skydiver. And this is a great little children's book on what it is to become a skydiver. And skydiving is becoming so popular throughout the West, and it's a wonderful book to put into 
the kids of all the adrenaline junkies that we have down here. It's well illustrated and well told. The Summer I Became a Skydiver by Ben Lowe. A couple of great suggestions. If I could put in a plug uh, here at Access Utah, I interviewed Steph Davis for Learning to Fly, and that uh, that audio is under Access Utah on our UPR, uh, upr.org uh, website. Great book. Uh, so uh, let's turn to uh, Catherine Weller. What would you like to recommend next? All right. I am going to turn to fiction now, which is kind of unusual for me, but there, I've read a couple of wonderful fiction books recently. The first one I'd like to mention has just published. It's called The Constellation of Vital Phenomenon by Anthony Mara. And I will just start by saying what he, give you some of his background. He is currently a Stegner Fellow at at Stanford University. He's a graduate of of the Iowa Writers' Workshop, and he lived and studied um, for advanced degrees in Russia which is important because this book is set in Chechnya, current-day Chechnya, during, obviously, the upheavals that are going on right now. And he is able to tap into, Mara is able to tap into both Chechnyan and Russian cultures very, very convincingly. This is a a dark and sad novel. It's... um, very somber in a lot of ways, but it's a wonderful, sensitive book that um, pivots mostly around three characters. Sonia, who is a, a doctor who does what we think of as doctors doing on the war front, but she's doing it in a rundown hospital every day, amputations, um, terrible, trying to reconstruct people, triaging everybody and losing a large portion of her patients to uh, the wounds that come from roadside bombs, people who are still fighting each other, day-to-day um, battles and torture. The second character is a man named Ahmed, who is also a physician, but he's not very competent. In fact, he's barely competent, but he's well-intentioned. And she's protecting the third character, a little girl who is eight. Her name is Hala. Her father was abducted by Russian soldiers who then burned down her house and are searching for her. He gives her refuge and takes her to Sonia. Sonia, in exchange for giving the girl uh, refuge, um, asks Ahmed to stay and practice with her and try to uh, help pull people back together and heal them from the decades now, the generations of unrelenting violence and drug abuse and instability that is the country of Chechnya. Um, Mara is a very careful and lovely writer. Um, He does a great job with the omniscient perspective, and he does project um, pieces of the character's fate in the future into his present dialogue, which gives one the sense of, well, it's additional pathos, really. Um, It's very sad to just have a flash suddenly about somebody that you're really starting to root for. Um, This is a a profound book, and with Chechnya back in the news for terrible reasons yet again, this is a, a wonderful, sensitive portrait that, though fiction can give people a sense of what it is to be Chechnyan in Chechnya these days. It's called The Constellation of Vital Phenomena by Anthony Mara. 
Mm. The yeah. other one I just finished last night, and I'm still kind of wrapping my mind around. It's the new Jeanette Walls book called Silver Star. It will be out in June. Um, Jeanette Walls is well-known to most readers for her birth, first book, the memoir Glass Castle. And then, on, and then the fictional uh, story of her grandmother called Half Broke Horses. The Silver Star takes her back to fiction and brilliantly back to young girls in fiction. What um, I think that Jeanette Walls does so wonderfully is deal with children who are struggling as best they can with the abuses and the incompetencies, the outright incompetencies of the adults who have power over their lives. Uh, her characters are intelligent. Her, her children characters are intelligent and like children who grow up too early because they have to be the stable ones. They are wise beyond their years which means that this is a book that can be read by both adults and young adults. It starts in 1970 in a small town in California. There's a 12-year-old girl who's called Bean and her older sister Liz. Their mother decides she needs to get herself together, and she leaves. She leaves them with $200 and goes off and says, I'll be back in a while. They wait for her to come back because they're used to her taking off for a couple days. Um, But she doesn't come back, and she doesn't come back, and she doesn't come back. So they do some odd jobs, earn money, and get on the bus and go to Virginia where they find their uncle who lives in the old family mansion. And it turns out their family was once very wealthy, and the mansion and the grounds like their family is just crumbling and falling into disarray around them. It's, like I said, beautifully done. I don't think you can go wrong with a Jeanette Walls book. And it's a nice book for the summer, too. Um, Though it does feel dark at times, it's not a dark, dark book, and it is not a difficult book to read. Sounds like some excellent uh, picks there. Uh, We're going to take a a break uh, coming up briefly, but we want to fit in uh, our next caller, Tamara in Roosevelt. Tamara, glad you called. Thanks for waiting. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you for this program. It's great. Oh, you're welcome. Uh, yeah. I, I, we love to read. I grew up reading books all the time. My daughter, who's nine, loves to read, and we love reading books together. So I have, I'll just list a few books, if that's all right. Uh, sure. Go ahead. Okay. The first ones are just novels. The first one's Raging Quiet by Cheryl Jordan. Great book about, you know, kind of set in this old time. The girl um, ends up befriending a boy who's deaf. Just a wonderful story. Um, the next one is Princess Ben. My daughter and I read it last summer. She wants to read it again this summer. She had so much fun reading it. Chronicles of Narnia are always great. American Girl books. And then Harry Potter is always great. Then the last couple ones are, um, are uh, nonfiction. The Horse Boy is probably more adult, but young adults would probably like it. And then the other is Mal's Last Dancer. It's, in, it's for There's an adult version, a young adult version, and then a children's book. And it's about a dancer in China. Great book. Those so anyway, like... I have a ton of books, but those are the ones I wrote down to. Oh, thank share you. With we appreciate that. That's, so that'll spark some uh, interest in some other listeners. Thank you. 
Appreciate that, Tamara. Thank you so much. And uh, we are obviously talking books, and uh, we're looking for your suggestions. We're hearing some great suggestions from Margaret Brennan-Evel from King's English Bookshop, Andy Nettle from Back of Beyond Books, and Catherine Weller from Weller Bookworks. We'll take a brief break. When we come back, we have several emails with some suggestions, a couple more Facebook suggestions, and, of course, we'll get suggestions for upcoming books from our guests. Uh, You can join us at 1-800-826-1495, 1-800-826-1495, or upraxis at gmail.com upraxis at gmail.com. You can join us on Facebook as well. Don't forget, if you like belly dancing, Sandstorm with the special guest Michelle Sorensen, belly dancing on the USU campus Friday evening at 7.30. We have four more pairs of tickets to that for your call or email. Back after break. Waste not. Studies show leaking faucets and toilets account for as much as 14% of all indoor water use. That's 10 gallons per person per day. By replacing an old toilet with a new model, the typical household can save up to 21,000 gallons of water per year. Waste not is made possible by the Logan City Public Works Water Conservation Department. Information at loganutah.org slash publicworks. Previously on Car Talk. As I got out, the driver said, Hepana, Hetari, Simba, Simba. <laughs> I know it well. <laughs> Run like hell. There's a lion about to bite your butt. Is that, is that what no, it is? I think it means don't use the round leaves. <laughs> don't miss the fun this week. Join us for Car Talk. Saturday mornings at 10 on Utah Public Radio. I'm Tom Williams. You're listening to Access Utah. Is there a book you're excited about? What would you like to suggest to us? What's on your summer reading list? We're looking for your suggestions for children or young adults or uh, adults. Our guests uh, during this hour are uh, booksellers and avid readers themselves. Catherine Weller from Weller Bookworks in Salt Lake City, Andy Nettle from Back of Beyond Books in Moab, and Margaret Brennan-Evel from King's English Bookshop in Salt Lake City. And I'll ask our guests to be uh, patient for just a couple of minutes here while... uh, we uh, get to some suggestions from listeners. This one from Brian and Robin Earl in Hyde Park. Uh, Brian writes in, the following were wonderful reads. I'm currently reading a book uh, from Helen Cannon titled Filet of Place. The spelling of place is P-L-A-I-C-E by Gerald Durrell. It's five vignettes about his family and animals. Brian and Robin also recommend The Whistling Season by Ivan Doig, Peace Like a River by Leif Anger, and J. Bar Crow by Wendell Berry. Uh, and then Brian writes back in on upraxis at gmail.com. Since the 144th anniversary of the Wedding of the Rails is this Friday, May 10th, I suggest Stephen Ambrose's Nothing Like It in the World, The Men Who Built the Transcontinental Railroad. From the investors and engineers to those who laid the rails, you'll find this book a fascinating read on the facts and stories behind this monumental feat. For instance, the engines Jupiter and 119 were not the originally uh, slated to be the engines at the ceremonies, but rather were last-second stand-ins, one because of an accident, the other because of a protest over lack of pay. I also recommend Naked in Baghdad by former NPR foreign correspondent Ann Garrels. It's a very interesting read, not long, about uh, Annie's experiences inside Baghdad at the beginning of the Iraq War. Thanks to Brian and Robin Earl. Uh, Elaine Thatcher 
uh, writes in, I'm with your other listeners who are reading classic literature. I'm currently about two-thirds of the way through Les Miserables, and I'm enjoying it immensely. I've also read Bleak House by Charles Dickens and loved it as well. I enjoy modern fiction, but I get tired of having to skip over sex scenes and graphic violence. I've long been a fan of Game of Thrones series by uh, George R.R. Uh, R. Martin, but uh, the sex and violence are oppressive. That's one of the reasons I've been going back to the classics. Not only are they more acceptable to my sensibilities, but they have stood the test of time. But I do have some other favorite modern authors. One is Orhan Pamuk, a uh, Turkish author, whose book My Name is Red was a murder mystery set in, I believe, 15th century Turkey. Wonderful. That's from Elaine. And this from Steve in Beaver Dam, Arizona. Of late, I've been on an ancient Rome jag with particular interest in the period of the late Republic. Two of the most important figures of the time were Cicero and Cato, the first a determined enemy of Mark Antony, the second an implacable foe of Julius Caesar. I've just finished reading a fascinating biography of one and am in the midst of a fictional account of the life of the other. Rome's Last Citizen is a Cato biography written by Rob Goodman and Jimmy Soti, who are not professional historians but instead political consultants who bring their professional perspective to the deadly politics of ancient Rome. Imperium is an, a fictional account of the same period, and of course many of the same people and events is seen from the perspective of Cicero. Its author is Robert Harris, whose specialty is novels about ancient Republican Rome. Thanks to Steve. So some great suggestions there, and we go to our next uh, caller. And uh, 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 Go ahead. Hello. Uh, yes, hello, go ahead. I, I didn't, uh, this is Ben. Uh, thanks for calling, Ben. Oh, yeah, thanks for having me on the line. Um, I wanted to recommend a book that really uh, has changed the way I, I look at the world. It's about the collapse, the miraculous collapse of a building in New York City. Uh, it's by David Ray Griffin, and it's called 9-11, 10 Years Later, When State Crimes Against Democracy Succeed. Uh, he talks about the collapse of Building 7, uh, which was not hit by an airplane. And the government uh, acknowledges that it entered free fall, which means there was no support whatsoever. So this is an indication of uh, controlled demolition, which is very problematic for the official story. And uh, I think that it has great implications for the future of our country and, and the world that our children will inherit. So I would highly recommend any book by David Ray Griffin uh, that critically examines the events of 9-11. Thanks, Ben. Appreciate the suggestion. Um, and uh, before we go to uh, back to our guests for some suggestions, there's some new books coming up. This uh, a couple of uh, Facebook posts do reference something that's coming up, so I wanted to ask uh, them about this. Jessica Bolter recommends The Legend of the Bully Slayer, and she says the sequel comes out this summer, and then Jenna Ryan writes in that my daughter is excited for this book as well. So sequel to The Legend of the Bully Slayer, are you familiar with this? Uh, I wonder, Margaret? Yeah, I um, leave this to Margaret. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, you guys or or anybody? As, you know, a terrific little book. I have not seen the sequel, though, so I don't know. Um, there are a lot of books. Catherine mentioned earlier, you know, realistic fiction for young adults. There's the same is true in the middle reader section. Lots of terrific uh, realistic fiction for kids to read. Um, one well, of our favorites, it's last year's favorite, but we're still selling a ton of it, is Wonder by... Uh, and. Uh, R.J. Polacco about the young man with the facial deformities who ends up, it's his first year back in school. Um, bullying is big right now for a lot of different reasons in kids' books. But the um, I'm going to repeat myself, though, and say one of the things about dealing with a bookstore is you really do get a sense of what is coming out. Mm -hmm. And summer is coming, and we would yes. like to encourage people to make sure that their kids have books that they love reading, that engage them fully. 
And as much as we all love classics, it's sometimes hard to put a classic in a kid's hands because text and vocabulary can be a little different, not what they're used to seeing. Um, and Catherine also mentioned Sarah Zar's book, which comes out this week, I believe. Lucy Variations was wonderful. A young woman, a piano player, headed for the big time, basically. Um, but a tragedy in her life sends her on another path. Um, Sarah captures, I think, teenage angst as well, if not better than anyone else writing. And then another local author whose book is coming out this week, Wednesdays in the Tower, um, is a fantasy. Um, Tuesdays at the Castle was Jessica Day George's first book in this series. Jessica has a pretty lengthy backlist. Um, and we love Tuesdays at the Castle adventure, a castle that you know has a touch of Jumanji to it. Um, uh, and in, this, in the new book, in the sequel, the castle's still acting up, and the princess... Um, still, Celie, sorry, still has to uh, find a way to save the things she loves, and it's usually people, which is a, a great way to be. And then my favorite that's coming out in June is a book from Random House called Escape from Mr. Lemoncello's Library by Chris Grabenstein. This is a book with a mystery and a puzzle. It's got something in it I really think for everybody. It was so much fun to read. Um, it's a contest, 12, 12-year-olds writing an essay to be the first kid into this new library. And, of course, like all libraries, magic everywhere. It's It was just so much fun to read. And we'll keep those math uh, whizzes happy and puns and puzzles. It's really a book with a little bit of everything. Uh, those do sound like some fun fun titles. Uh, let's go next to Andy Nettle. Uh, what uh, would you like to recommend next? Tom, I've got two uh, almost reference titles, although they're not boring in the least. Steve Allen, who's been a canyoneer and explorer of southern Utah for about 40 years, has just published Utah's Canyon Country Place Names. He pulls out derivations for more than 4,000 place names of southern Utah, including uh, early descriptions and stories told by some of the old-timers who he had interviewed over the past 40 years, uh, pioneers, cowboys, miners, all the, the sorts who were down in southern Utah. And this is not your normal place name book that gives you maybe one or two sentences for each place name. It's a two-volume set, over a 1,000 pages, and you can expect certain place names to go on for page after page. It's that exhaustive. And it actually makes for a very enlightening reading. And I'm proud to say that Back of Beyond Books has an exclusive distribution on that for another uh, six weeks. So uh, give us a shout if you'd like to pick that up. Steve Allen's Utah's Canyon Country Place Names. The second is The Selected Letters of Willa Cather. And I'm a big uh, letter reader. I just It's almost voyeuristic. Uh, going back into the minds of these fabulous authors. And it's a lost art, of course. This, edited by Andrew Jewell and Janice Stout, uh, is somewhat controversial in that Willa Cather, best known for Death Comes for the Archbishop or, or My Antonia, uh, expressly prohibited the publication of her letters in her will. And so uh, the trust that oversees uh, Cather's estate has finally relented, and the uh, editors give a very good reason why, in that they state that Cather's uh, place in literature is set, and so why not release these letters? They are funny, they're poignant, they have 
awful spelling. <laughs> Cather was a poor <laughs> speller at best. Um, but they really give you a lot of insight into who she was and the troubled times that she lived in. Best known for, you know, probably being a Nebraska author. She spent most of her life in New York. But uh, her roots, of course, are in Nebraska. The Selected Letters of Willa Cather. It's captivating uh, reads. It's it's a fat book. Uh, you'll need to pick it up several times. Put out by Knopf. Uh, we are talking with uh, three booksellers, looking at upcoming books. Uh, some suggestions for your summer reading list, and uh, we're putting out the call for you to give us your suggestions as well. The number is one eight hundred eight two six one four nine five, and the email is upraxis at gmail dot com. Catherine Weller, what's what's next on your list? Things. But I do want to give a quick shout out to Brandon Sanderson um, rapidly um, because of the uh, person who either wrote or I believe she wrote in and said she stopped reading Game of Thrones because the body count was too high and there's just too much sex. And that happens in some fantasy a lot. Brandon Sanderson is a Utah County author. You can count on him to keep things clean and to keep the language pretty clean. Um, there is a bit of a body count in his books, but not like one finds in a lot of militaristic fantasy. Uh, he was chosen to finish the Wheel of Time series by Robert Jordan. He is one of the hottest fantasy writers out right now. So Elantris and Mistborn series are great books to look at for adult fantasy. Um, back to my recommendations, um, I will recommend Gulp by Mary Roach. I always recommend Mary Gro- Roach because I love science books, and I love books that entertain me while they teach me things, and that's what Mary Roach does. She has a very arch sense of humor. She has a willingness to put herself in awkward situations, and she has an obsessive personality. So she starts on something like, in this um, case, the entire alimentary canal or the digestive tract. And she researches it from top to bottom in this case, literally. And she's willing to ask questions that a lot of us think about sometimes, but we don't necessarily ask out loud, like, why doesn't the stomach digest itself? Or how much can you eat before you explode? It just, but it's serious science as well. She really researches and she gets the source materials and interviews scientists. It's a wonderful book. Um, it's some of the quickest science writing you'll ever read through, but it's fascinating and you'll learn and you'll find yourself quoting from it over and over again. This morning when I was listening to Morning Edition, there was a quick blurb about uh, a study on pacifiers and how if people actually put them in their mouths to clean them off instead of rinsing them off, they'll be doing their babies a bit of good. And I jumped to the erroneous conclusion that it was due to the um, antimicrobial properties of saliva, which I've just learned about from Mary Roach's book. So you'll just keep pulling that back into your conversations over and over again. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> that does sound like fun. <clears throat> and it, uh, you know, whether for children or for adults, it is it is about learning. And you, you go off on tangents. You learn about something, and then you learn about something else. It's a, it's a great, great chain of learning. That's uh, the beauty of books. Yeah. Um, and it's funny because people will ask every one of the guests on the show about books that we don't know about. and. As a bookseller, every single day you're confronted with what you don't know, so you better be comfortable with it. But at the same time, every single day you're presented with the opportunity to learn more. 
that's what's so wonderful about reading. And Joseph Anderson writes in on our webpage. He just says, thanks for encouraging reading. So appreciate that uh, comment, uh, Joseph. Thanks, Joseph. Uh, by the way, um, if you haven't been able to write fast enough through this hour, we're going to have the list of recommended books uh, up on our website later today, upr.org. upr.org. I'd just like to plug a book. Uh, we, we plugged it by giving the author a, an interview, and you can find the interview on uh, Access Utah, under Access Utah, under programs at upr.org. But uh, Virginia Sudbury is a lawyer in Salt Lake City area. She wrote a book, uh, Sweatshops in Paradise, A True Story of Slavery in Modern America where she was, uh, became, just through happenstance, in American Samoa, the uh, lead attorney on a, uh, on a case of uh, sweatshop slavery in American Samoa. And that's a fascinating read. Um, I just, uh, maybe just to each of our guests, very quickly, we just have two minutes left, to maybe one last book that you would like to recommend, uh, starting in reverse order this time, Catherine Weller. Okay, Paleo Fantasy by Marlene Zook, what evolution really tells us about sex, diet, and how we live. Zook is an evolutionary biologist. This is what she studies. So she looks at the paleo diet trend and um, really breaks down some of the myths that inform that particular frame of mind right now. Andy Nettle, uh, quickly your last suggestion. Yes, Stephen Legault's The Slick Rock Paradox. We've seen a uh, small spate of southern Utah mysteries and this is Stephen's first. And the great thing is, a bookstore plays a leading role in this mystery. Very interesting. Margaret Brennan Neville, what your last suggestion? Well, I'm going to stick with, go back to the adults and go with Kent Haroff's Benediction, a book Beautiful. set in the eastern side of, uh, on the, in the plain of Colorado, death and dying. Beautifully written, uh, powerful reading. It can't really beat that for novel this mm. season. We've been talking with Margaret Brennan Neville from King's English Bookshop in Salt Lake City. Thank you so much to you. Oh, it's been my pleasure. Thank you. Andy Nettle from Back of Beyond Books in Moab. Thank you. Oh, you're very welcome, Tom. Thank you. And Catherine Weller from Weller Bookworks in Salt Lake City. Thank you. Thank you, Tom. Some great suggestions to put on your summer reading list for children, young adults, and adults. I think we've covered the gamut with our guests and with our our listeners. Thanks to our listeners for their suggestions as well. And you can still um, make your suggestions at upraxis at gmail.com, on our Facebook page, and at upr.org. And again, the full list will be up with the audio later this afternoon at upr.org. And for uh, producer Addison Pace, I'm Tom Williams. Thanks so much for listening today. While the debate about how to fix America's schools rages on, millions of parents have their own solution, opting out of the system. We'll hear the argument for homeschooling and unschooling, learning outside of school. I'm Jim Fleming. Next time, to the best of our knowledge, we're rethinking education. It's to the best of our knowledge from PRI, Public Radio International. Sunday mornings at 9 on Utah Public Radio. Access Utah is a production of Utah Public Radio. You can listen to this episode or previous episodes of Access Utah anytime at upr.org, where you can find a link to subscribe to our podcast. This is Utah Public Radio, KUSR HD1 89.5 Logan, KUSK HD1 88.5 Vernal, KUSL HD1 89.3 Richfield, KUST HD1 88.7 Moab, and KUSU FM HD1 91.5 Logan. Thank you.